When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to Group Text. My guest today, you guys are going to be super excited. I'm just going to say, scrolling through my guest's credits gave me pretty much carpal tunnel syndrome. There is too much to list, so let me sum this up. Melissa Joan Hart is not only the young actress we watched grow up in shows like Clarissa Explains It All and Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but also starred with Joey Lawrence for five seasons on the ABC family sitcom, Melissa and Joey. She's a producer, a director, a mother of three boys, a Christmas movie junkie, and the first celebrity, I love this, to win the million-dollar prize on Wheel of Fortune. (laughs) She was playing for charity, so she donated to her charity, Youth Villages. You can also catch Melissa's podcast, What Women Binge, wherever you get your podcasts. Guess who's here? Welcome, Melissa Joan Hart. Hi, how are you? Funny, you know, I just always felt like kin to you and your mom because of my name. Like I've always felt like there's this connection because of uh, the name thing. And so it's so lovely to be talking to you again. I haven't spoken to you in a long while. I know your name always makes me laugh, like in a good way. <laughs> so did your, do, do people call you MJ or do they just go with Melissa? Yeah. No, I mean, mostly Melissa. It's funny, like guys call me Melissa. Um, like my dad suddenly started calling me Mel. Like I became Mel somewhere along the way. And actually that became easier with Starbucks. Like I'm Mel a lot of the time now. Just, it just became easier to be Mel. Um, but MJ sometimes like people in the industry, you know, the whole MJH, like loving using the initials and stuff. So MJ once in a while. Yeah. I, I get a lot of nicknames. Did you ever get Missy? I got Missy, but that was only my parents and my parents' friends. I was Mel. Oh Yeah. All- yeah, I like I like Mel. That's a, that's my grown up nickname. But my little girl nickname was Missy for a minute. And then I was like, I don't want to be that anymore. Like I had to turn that one off. Like, nope, nope. Yeah, the only people who still call me Missy are like people who know me since I was little. Yeah. Does it make you feel fond? Are you fond of that, though? though? Does it give you like a little? Aw. I'm so not a Missy. Yeah, <laughs> I am definitely a Mel. Yeah, I agree. I agree my, with myself as well. Yeah. yeah. Missy is a cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have that like put on like a shirt or on your like fanny pack or something, Missy. Yeah. Exactly. But I have so much I want to talk to you about. So yeah, I hope get into you're it. sitting down, which is good. I've done the math, which I'm sure you have in the past. You've been in the business for 42 years. <laughs> Do you ever just think like, I need a fucking break? You know what's so funny? I bought a new car this weekend and my husband was on the phone. We're driving down to the dealership. And we're like, we just wanted the paperwork done before we got there, right? And my husband's talking to the dealer and he's like, well, who's the employer? We're like, self-employed. Well, who, how long has she had that job? My husband's like, 42 years. The guy actually put it on the form. Like, she's 46 years old, but been employed for 42. I'm like, that's so weird. But- it's so funny because I never know when you fill out those forms what to say I do. So I just say, uh, yeah. I say self-employed. And if it makes yeah. me go further, I say entertainment industry. There you go. That's a good one. I, I'm always like, I think I say something like, in, in, uh, I'll, I'll, I mix it up. I literally do it. This time I said actor. Sometimes I'll just say director. Sometimes I'm like, 
I like to do just performer or yeah, I, I try to like be vague about it, but cause I don't want anyone asking questions or putting that with my name. Sometimes I, you know, especially when it has your social security number on it and all that. I get it. Sometimes I put performer very often. I just put host. Oh, there you go. That's just a good host. one. Um, oh, I can do that now because I'm a podcast host. I can yes, do you that. can. You can now just say host. So I like you, that. you did your first commercial at four. Yeah. Um, and then you did 25 commercials before the age of five. I, yeah, I did a lot. I was like the commercial queen. I was well known in my elementary school as the Rice Krispies girl. And then in middle school, it became the Lifesavers girl, the Arnold's bread girl. Like I, this is what kids knew me as whatever commercial was running on the air at the time. Because your, kind of what your mom was an agent. She became a manager because of me, oh. like, because, because she was successful with getting me because I wanted to be on TV and she was able to figure that out through a friend people kept coming to her. Well, I want my daughter in the industry. How can I get my son in? You know, what do you, what do you do? And so my mom ended up managing a bunch of careers. Which is great. But how did it start? I mean, at four, it's hard to say, I want to do this. Well, do you remember the show? uh, And I feel like only people like our generation will know this. Anyone slightly younger will not, but like, um, Romper Room. Do you remember Romper Room? Oh God. Yeah. Do you remember Zoom? I did. Yeah. So I did, uh, I, I did a little math. I was like, she never says Melissa. It wasn't, it's not a really popular name. Still really not. Right. Right. So I was like, she never says Melissa. So I realized that if I, uh, if I got on the show, I was like, okay, she says the name in the magic mirror of the kids in the audience. So if I get in the audience, she'll say Melissa. So it was all my big goal was just to get Miss Marianne or whatever her name was (laughs) to, to say my name in the magic mirror. And so I was like, I have to be on TV. And I was like, mom, I have to be on TV. And she was like, oh, I know somebody. I remember sitting on the radiator while she like made a phone call and then being like, yeah, come to the city and meet or whatever. We lived in New York. So to be able to go into Manhattan um, and and meet on auditions and whatnot. So it was, uh, yeah, it was just sort of like me just wanting to be Miss Marianne to say my name in the mirror, which she never did. To this day, so I'm still bitter. you carry that scar with you. I, that and I never got to host. I was on Saturday Night Live, but never got to host Saturday Night Live. And I wasn't ever in the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Like those were my like dream goals. But I realized I'm like, why are all my friends in the Thanksgiving Day Parade? And I realized, oh, they're all on NBC. Yes. And I'm on ABC and Nickelodeon. Those don't really go in the NBC Parade. So. Well, and people don't understand that like with parades and award shows and all that stuff, it's they feature whoever is on the network. Politics. It's all politics. It is. Did you ever anyway, figure out? Sorry. It's okay. Did you ever figure out what made you, you know, in hindsight, what made you so in demand? Oh, as a commercial? Um, I was, I had no, I lacked humility. Like I wasn't embarrassed by anything. I was really wide-eyed and very, um, la- like I had a, like a loud voice. Like I just think I hit all the marks of like a kid who could just, kind of emote and kind of be, be just, uh, someone that had a lot of energy. Like I just had endless amounts of energy always have. And just being able to promote their product and be like, this is the yummiest cereal I've ever had. You know, I had no, until I hit about, my gosh, I guess it was about nine or 10 when you kind of hit that moment of being like, Oh, that's embarrassing. I don't want to be associated with that candy. That's gross. Or, you know, and I remember hitting it when I was doing Clarissa, like, yeah, I wanted the job of Clarissa and I loved, I thought she was a really cool character and whatnot. But I remember walking down the street and someone recognizing me for probably pretty much the first time. And I was like embarrassed. Like I'm on Nickelodeon. It's a game show network for kids on cable. Like now, now people know me for this. Like, even though I was proud of the show, 
there was a whole, you know, that there's that shift between like, I, I want to say like 10 and on where all of a sudden you go, Oh, I'm kind of embarrassed by that. You know? So you were working so much, so young and your mom starts managing you. So like when you're reading one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish, were you already <laughs> like calling your lawyer about your contract rider? <laughs> you couldn't no. fire your manager. No. My deal was simply, I get a Barbie doll and I don't know what else happens after that. Like I got a Barbie doll for every job I got. And then at one point, gosh, I was probably eight or nine and my dad was in construction and I was like, I want a clubhouse. I was all about clubs. I still am. I have book club. I have, you know, my girls group, this group, that group. I'm, I wanted a clubhouse for my club. And I said to my dad, can you build me a clubhouse? And he goes, you know what? You get two national commercials. I'll build you a clubhouse. He thought that was going to take me all year. And like a month later, he had to build me a clubhouse. <laughs> so I'm very motivated by my uh, payment schedules. So <laughs> I was good. I was laughing when we were, when I was thinking about this interview, thinking, God, if your mom, cause I thought she was your agent, but if your mom's your manager, you can't fire her because you'll get grounded. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're fired. Go to your room. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. I didn't even understand the terms of like, there were certain things that just didn't even exist in my, in my head. Like it was, it wasn't until probably college when people started skipping class and I was like, you can do that. And I was like, oh, that's, oh, kids skip school in high school or kids drop out. And then the same thing, like you can fire someone that works. For, I don't even understand that. Like these are things that I don't even understand, but I love the fact yeah, I, that you would, but put, who do you trust more than your mom? Right. Like right. I always say like, Honestly, who's going to have, and I knew that my mom wasn't, she's, she was never doing it because she had these ambitions. She didn't want to be, she wants nothing to do with in front of the camera. She loves editing and producing because now we have, we've started our production company together when we were 18. And so we've worked together our whole lives. And you know, you, you know, like oh, yeah. when you know, your mom has your best interest at heart, you know, that she's not doing it to push you into something that she wants you to do or taking the money or, you know, any of that. It's like, it's very much like, she's just looking out for me. And I mean, I am, I feel like a lot of the stories, especially the stories that have come out recently, a lot of the things that have happened in Hollywood, a lot of the bad stuff didn't happen because my mom was there. Right. Right. So you worked. And by the way, I think it's so funny that you say, wasn't pushing you to do things you didn't want to do. You have no idea how many times I was strong armed into things, but you fight. Oh, well, there were times when she's like, behave yourself and go in there and knock this audition out of, or like, don't say that in front of your sister. Don't, don't tell your sister she can't swim while you're auditioning for the movie mermaids, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like that kind of thing. Or like, tell them that you can roller skate. And then I like get the job and I can't roller skate. So there were things like that, but there wasn't like, it was never her being like, um, she just, she did it because I liked it. And then there was, and it turned out there was good money with it as well. So I'm helping support the family. So, but you know, I, I can't say that she was the one that was like, you know, it wasn't like, uh, you know, go out there and, and do what I, I can't do. You know, it was like, if you love it, go do it. Right. And then there was a lot of times when it was like, let's just stop. Maybe we should stop. And as soon as we'd say we were going to stop, I would get a job. Of course. And that's what happened with Clarissa. It was like, we're going to, like my third audition, I thought I tanked it for sure for Clarissa. And she was like, and I came out of the audition room. She goes, how'd it go? I'm like, I don't, I don't think I got it. And she was like, you know what? I'm sick of like pulling you out of school. We're missing family vacations. Like, let's just not do this anymore. And then you get the phone call, like you got the part and then like everything snowballs into a career. So when you did Clarissa and it was on Nickelodeon, did you, I mean, you couldn't have realized then the importance of what Nickelodeon was going to become. No, I mean, like I said before, at the time, it's a kid's network with game shows and um, slime, uh, slime were, being dropped on people. 
Yeah, yeah, maybe. And and like, are yeah, are you afraid of the dark? Um, not are you afraid of the dark? That one, the one you're talking about. Uh, you can't do that on television, right. right? So sort of variety show, game show type stuff. And now they're starting to introduce some sitcom, but um, and 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 I knew that Clarissa was edgy. I knew she was cool. You know what I mean? And and I knew it was a little bit different. But at the time, yeah, it's like it's Nickelodeon, like it's a kids network, it's cable. Nobody has cable, you know, you know, like one out of every 10 people had cable at the time. So it wasn't the kind of show like it wasn't like instant notoriety. It was along the lines. It was the next step in what I'd already been doing, like going from commercials to being in Broadway, because I did a lot of Broadway right before Clarissa, um, not singing Broadway because I cannot sing. But um, I did a lot of Broadway. And then it was like segueing into into be, having my own TV show but on cable. So it's not like, it's not like all of a sudden I booked the big part on friends and I'm Jennifer Aniston and it's like, boom, you're famous. You know, it was like sort of these baby steps all along the way where I'm getting recognized by my, my, my school teacher or a friend. And then it was, you know, a few people on the street and then, and I was living in New York and, you know, there's an anonymity to living in New York, which is nice. And then it's Sabrina when I'm 20 that I moved to LA and all of a sudden I'm invited to red carpets and premieres and I'm going to other people. I'm like, I didn't know I could go to other people's movies. That's weird. <laughs> I actually, you know? I actually want to talk about Sabrina because I don't think a lot of people know you did Clarissa and then you went off and went to college. You, you, I did. I tried. You, well, I tried desperately. But I, NYU, a very good yeah. school. And after two yeah. years, you're like, peace out. But how weird, because Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I don't think people understood that a basically a 20-year-old was playing the teenager. It's weird because I went through Clarissa being the same age as the character, and then I had to go back to that age to play the next character, right? So I had just finished playing Clarissa at like 16, 17, and here I am 16, 17, and then 18, 19, I'm in college, and then 20, I'm playing uh, 16 again. So it was, yeah, I was never a teenager playing a teenage witch. So how hard was it, because that's a big balance, to have an adult life while playing a teenager and also keeping the, the adult life private because people would not understand that Sabrina the Teenage Witch yeah. is in a relationship and having sex. You know what <laughs> Which I mean? Which is why... When I'm 23 and I do the cover of Maxim Magazine, everybody's, I mean, it becomes the topic of conversation across every talk show, late night, you know, all that. Um, whether or not I'm allowed to be on the cover of Maxim Magazine in my skivvies, like, is that acceptable for this teenage? And uh, the real big problem with that was for some reason, and I've never seen any magazine do this. Otherwise, they didn't write my name on the magazine. They wrote Sabrina. And that was a big lawsuit thing with me and the and the comic book, Sabrina, because I had signed something saying I would never like play Sabrina not wearing a seatbelt or crossing at a non crosswalk or, you know, and here I am in my underwear and they're and they're saying that I'm, you know, breaking contract. So they tried to fire me from the show. How but how did, how did you manage your personal life? Well, that? it was the social media so much easier, right? Yeah. Um, I kept it within the crew, really. I mean, I have to say when I moved to LA and I'm doing the show, my first friends are the cast, my second friends are the crew. And um, and then I become really, I mean, the crew became like the my, my kids' godparents and stuff. So um, they became my family. They became my best friends in the world, um, the cast and the crew. And we're all really close still. We had a reunion right before shutdown happened, thank God, that we were able to all see each other. Um, and it was it was a really great time. We traveled together as a show. We went and did an episode in Florida. We did movies in the summertime in Australia and Rome. 
Um, and you know, anytime I wanted to go snowboard, I went with the dolly grip. Like he and I would take off on ski on snowboard trips. Like let's go to mammoth this weekend. Let's head to Utah. Let's go try Tahoe. And, um, and so, you know, we just kind of kept it within the crew really. And if I wanted to go somewhere, I'd take one of them with me. Hey, you want to go with me? You want to go with me? And I had boyfriends. I had, I had long-term boyfriends. I was going to say, how did you date? Cause that's, you know, for a guy that has to be taking a big step that you've got this hot 20 year old girlfriend who America knows as a teenager. And if anyone found out, they'd be like, oh my God. I never thought of it that way. I mean, I don't know. I went to all the awards with all my boyfriends and stuff. I mean, when I when I started Sabrina, I had a boyfriend from Utah um, who was just a, a college student who moved to LA with me. And we lived together for two years in LA while I did the show. And he started working as a, a stand-in on the show. And, um, and I think he stayed in LA and I think he produces stuff now. But um, you know, I kind of, I feel bad. I always feel bad because I got him into show business and it's like not the best business to, you know, you don't really always want to introduce somebody to this industry. It feels like a killer. But, um, so for the first two years of Sabrina, I had a long-term boyfriend that I, that I had already dated for two years. So pretty much since I was 18, I dated him until I was 22. Then I went through some single years of, uh, figuring it out, let's say, um, (laughs) you know, dating around a little bit here and there, but mainly it was like, Unfortunately, it was a lot of like being around actors and, and, and athletes. Um, you know, there was a race car driver and a skier and that kind of thing. People you met at the X games or at a celebrity grand prix. Um, and then, you know, the guy I married was the guy that this guy that I live with, um, Mark, we're about to celebrate 20 years of marriage, but we met at the Kentucky Derby and he was a musician. I introduced him on stage. So, you know, just kind of being around people in the industry, I tried to avoid the actors, but, um, but, you know, we were all sort of like, I'm hanging out with like the cast of that 70s show every night. And, I'm, you know, there's all these groups of people around that we're all kind of sticking together in Hollywood. And and um, and I hadn't, I didn't grow up with all that. Like, I know like some of my friends, like Soleil Moon Fry, like she grew up around that, you know. And so she had a lot of friends that she's introducing me to. And, um, and she knows the clubs to go out to, or this one knows that there's a party tonight here. I loved going out. I loved going dancing. I loved being out at night but I'm not like a big drinker and I'm very responsible with my, like, gotta be home by, you know, certain time. Cause I got a 6am wake up call. I got a, about a hundred pages. I got to spout out of my mouth tomorrow. So I got to get my sleep. This episode is sponsored by Via Hemp. Ah, uh, yes. Summer, longer days, warmer nights, and the incessant chirping of crickets reminding you that sleep is a precious commodity. Whether you need to set the mood in the bedroom or just unwind after a day battling the sun, Vaya has your back. Enter their Rest and Recovery Gummies, a magical concoction of passionflower, L-theanine, and cannabinoids designed to lull you into a state of blissful tranquility. With options for both the THC-tolerant and the THC-shy, Vaya ensures you'll find your perfect dosage for achieving peak comfort. Vaya isn't just about taming the sleep monsters. They've got a whole array of gummies to cater to every whim and fancy with or without THC. And they'll discreetly ship their goodies straight to your doorstep, no matter which of the 50 states you call home. Just sit back, relax, and let Vaya work its magic. So if you're 21 plus, you can get 15% off a free pack of award-winning gummies with our exclusive code. Head to viahemp.com and use the code GROUPTEXT to receive 15% off and one free sample of their award-winning gummies. That's viahemp.com, V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. So 
I have tried their Zen gummies and I got to tell you, they are amazing. I live in a very sort of continual stressed out state from work to being a mom to, well, just life in general. And the Zen gummies have been amazing for me. Head to viahemp.com and use the code group text to receive 15% off and one free sample of their award-winning gummies, 21 plus. That's viahemp.com, V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. And use the code group text at checkout, enhance your every day with Viahemp. I, I think, you know, because I know with me, especially like during the MTV years and all that, when things, you know, when we were going out and doing all these things, how lucky we are that we didn't have a TMZ and oh, yeah. all that stuff. And you look at young actors now, and they're so just inundated with all it's of brutal. this. What, what would you say to them? I mean, I was always like, when nobody wants to ask me, I'm like, just don't be stupid. Yeah, but it's like impossible. That's the age when you are supposed to be stupid too. It's like, you're supposed to make your mistakes. You're supposed to do, like I'm listening to, prince harry's book spare right now and i'm like the poor guy's never gotten a like at least we get to battle with when the press says something we can come out with our own statement he couldn't even make his own statement so i'm like all worked up about that (laughs) you're like i'm all worked um, up i mean you know what was interesting is i remember pretty clearly like the moment that the paparazzi became a problem for me because i feel like living in hollywood if i wanted to get the press's attention i would go to the ivy right? right or i would walk down maybe Rodeo or Robertson, like you go shopping in this area, you're going to get photographed. So it's like, all right, look your best. You know, we're going to lunch at the Ivy. And I think that's how Paris, from what I've heard, that's how Paris Hilton became famous. Like she knew where the, or she'd call the photographers to where she was and she would get that attention. Well, you know, I, I feel like it was predictable. You knew where to go if you want to be, or you knew to dress up if you were going to that place. Cause you were going to get photographed. Of course. Then all of a sudden I had my second child in 2008 and I'm, he's brand new. I'm pushing him down the street with the, my other two-year-old. Like we're walking to Starbucks. I told my husband, I'm like, I just want to get out of the house today. Brand new baby. Let's walk down to Starbucks. No idea that they're waiting out front for us. Like they've walked with us to Starbucks taking pictures. It was so uncomfortable. And I was like, what is this? Like I'm postpartum pregnancy clothes, like bleh, with a baby that is brand new. And I don't want flashes in his eyes. And it was so weird. I was like, what is going on here? And that was the, I think 2008 is around the time when like the babies became a big press event and like they were stuck. I mean, they were doing it to like Madonna and big, like a list stars. They wanted to know about their lives, but it's around the same time. I think people magazine had that stars. They're just like us page. Right. So it's became like me taking out the trash. And I was like, where, where do these, why are these people here all the time now? So, I mean, it's one of the reasons we moved to the East coast back to the East coast. Sabrina has been a reboot. It's much edgier. You have not been on it. Why? Oh, well, it, it only lasted two seasons, but I wasn't asked, first of all. <laughs> By the way, um, I understand that completely. It's like they do stuff like, you never even bothered to ask me. I know, but I love that everybody asks me. They're like, how come you weren't on it? Was there something, do you not like, and then they make up, you know, controversies between me and the star, me and the producer, or I did, I'm bitter because they're like, I'm like, no, they just didn't ask. But they did have the ants on an episode. But the thing is, it wouldn't make, like, it made sense to have the ants on. I, I didn't actually watch it, to be honest. but um. I know that the storyline went that she became, she went to her TV personality, like Sabrina went into her TV personality and those were her TV aunts. So it made sense for them to be here, but what am I, you know, if Sabrina's still there, then who am I? So 
I, I think it would have made a lot of sense. I'm a little hurt that they didn't ask me to direct it because that could have been a fun tie-in without me having to be on the show because, you know, I'm not going to replace Sabrina or be an alternate Sabrina. We're different ages, different styles, everything, you know, but I, so I wasn't hurt by it or anything like that. It's just funny that I get the question all the time, like as if there's some kind of deeper, you know, underlying, like there's, there's supposedly a rumor on Reddit that I'm in a huge battle with Lena Dunham or something like that. And we, she and I have been DMing each other, like, We've never even met. <laughs> I hope you know I don't yeah. harbor See, any ill will towards you. I would have thought there would have been a cameo. You would have exactly yeah. like been the waitress, just you know, with well, a wink and a nod. Promote it. Like Netflix asked me to promote it. Why which am I going to weird? Pro- I was like, why am I going to promote something that you've never even but, asked me to do a cameo on? I was super. It was super weird. I mean, I, at first I couldn't quite get my head around. It. I ended up doing it. I think it's on YouTube where me and Harvey, uh, Nate, who plays Harvey, and the ants, we watched episode pieces of episodes and we reacted to it and that was it but they paid us for it so I was like all right if you pay me for it then I'll freaking do it I guess it didn't make sense at first but once they explained it I was like all right I'll do it but it just seemed then it seemed like fun then it was a reason for me to get together with my old cast and go out to dinner after doing this thing but um but yeah I wasn't asked to be on it does well I I by the way I understand that completely there are so many things I'm like you could at least you know ask me <laughs> well, it's just funny because it just always becomes right. There's some as if there's some deeper thing. It's just I didn't fit. I it didn't fit into it. Makes so sense. You have three boys, but you come mm-hmm. from a big family. You're a family of eight. And this is this I love. One boy. Where did he fall in the birth order? That poor thing. He is fourth. So he has three older sisters and four younger. No, no, he has wait. How many kids are there in the family? Eight. <laughs> yeah, there's eight of three you. Older. He's got, I always have to do the math because there's also like my mom's daughters and my dad's daughter. So um, yeah, he's got three older sisters and four younger sisters. So he is smack in the middle. And here's the funny part. Most of us have boys. I have one sister who has a girl. The rest of us have boys. But there are seven boys. There's 10 grandkids. Seven are boys. He has two girls. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth thing is like all around. But you know what? He has really good guy friendships and he has a really close relationship with my dad. So it's good. What I was thinking about though is how would he have ever brought anybody home? I mean, that had to be terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was really hard because he grew up, the girl who lived next door to us actually was my little sister's best friend. And he ended up dating her all through college, like throughout elementary school, middle school, high school, college. And they were about to, I think he had a ring and they were about to, I don't know, like they had just moved in together and they were like, nope, we're done here. And we were like, he's like, he's her best friend. We've known her our whole lives. And now you think we're going to accept someone else in your life now? Like that, this can't happen. So, um, but he found a wonderful girl. He is happily married now for, I think, oh my gosh, I think it's been like seven years and they have two little girls. And, um, and it's so it's, it's, I mean, I, I can't believe he found someone that we all liked because that is a lot of pressure. Like there's a lot of bitchy females in this family that are like, that's our brother. That's our only baby brother. You know, that had to be like this poor woman had to walk in to like Thanksgiving. <laughs> it must've felt yeah. like, I mean, I can't, I, I've just met my boyfriend's whole family and he's one of four and everyone has all these kids. And I was terrified at, at all right. I was terrified. It's funny, though, because she has taken on the role of like the matriarch of the family in a way where we'll all call her and say, can you tell my dad to please come to Thanksgiving dinner because like we want to see him? And she's like, all right. And she's the only one that can convince my father to do things. And like she sort of is a little bit of the glue in our family of like, 
being able, somehow she has become the center of all of us kind of like coming together and stuff. So she's, she's, uh, she's holding her own. She's a tough Italian chick. So she's holding her own. That's fascinating. And now he has two, two girls. Your poor brother will never have time in the bathroom. You know, the guy is not afraid to go buy a box of tampons though. I will tell you that. Like he is not, there is nothing that scares him. But you have three boys. So you're a boy mom like me. Um, Mm -hmm. After growing up with that many sisters, when I know with Cooper, like I had never, I had never been a babysitter, nothing like that. So they give me this boy and you're like, what (laughs) the fuck do I do with this thing? (laughs) Well, that's, I mean, for me, babies were always girls. So when I found out, I didn't want to find out the sex but then my husband insisted. So halfway through the pregnancy, we found out that it was a boy. And I thank God we did because I was like floored. I was like, wait, that can happen. Like, I mean, I knew logistically, you know, 50, 50, but like it hadn't occurred to me that I would have a boy, you know? And I was like, my first thought was, well, there goes Disney world. Like we can't go to Disney world. Cause it's all princesses. What are we going to do now? You know, like exactly. what movies do we watch? What, what do we do with them? I don't know what to do with them. See, I always, I know, you know, in hindsight, I was going to, I'm a boy mom. Like I, I'm a much better boy mom than I ever could have been a girl mom. Now, do you think that about yourself? Oh yeah. Because you know, then when subsequent kids came along and I'm like, uh, and everyone's like, don't you want a girl? I'm like, I'm terrified. I don't actually, this is probably the first time I've ever worn pink. I don't like pink. I'm just starting to put pink in my closet. Like for the first time ever, I don't like pink. I don't. Um, and so I was like, well, I'm going to have baby girls. Then they're going to wear light blue. Like that's what they're going to wear. But, and then I was like, I, I can't do hair. I mean, this is, I don't know if you see this frizzy mess that has been washed in three days. Like I can't do, like, how am I going to braid someone's hair? I can't even like brush my own. Like what am I, and I'm, I'm much more of a climbing trees, catching frogs kind of girl. Um, although it is a little, you know, sometimes I'm like, now that they're getting older, it was fine when they were babies because you could kind of pretend they were, they were your babies, you know? And then when they get older and now they go to dad for everything and it makes me sad. And now. Like they want to talk to dad about football or broken bones. And they just think I know nothing. Like even when it comes to cars, even though I know a lot about cars, they don't, I'm not the expert on anything. Cause I'm just a girl. So now it's starting to get a little like, eh, I don't have a girl to like share my stories with or my advice, or they just don't want to hear it, you know? But, um, it was a little, you know, there have been a few mother's days where what I got was some live snakes in a bucket that they caught and <laughs> here mom happy mother's day. And I'm like, put them away. And they're like, I'm not, we're not putting them back. So you touch one. And I'm like, all right, fine. I'll touch one, but then you have to take them back to the pond. Like, come on, you know, you can't take these animals. And, you know, so there's sometimes when I'm like, I just wish I had a little girl that did what I did. Like here's breakfast in bed with a flower. And you know, it's none of that. It's all rough and tumble mud and blood and sweat and tears. You and I are literally, we have so much more in common than our (laughs) names because it's true as a, like I, but you say about braiding hair, that's what I always thought. I'm like, I can't do my own hair. How am I going to braid someone else's? I know I've, I've, I've had, you know, I've been in this industry so long. I never learned to do, I'm just starting to learn my, do my own makeup. I've never learned to do my own hair. I actually just got this lovely Dyson air wrap. This thing is like my best friend to do my hair now. Um, we are the same, by the way, we are the same person. (laughs) Like during, I always affected. Yeah. But like during COVID and you're doing all this stuff and you're working over zoom, my makeup artist had to get on FaceTime with me on my phone and she did her face as I did mine. Oh, that's so funny. I, the one thing I cannot figure out is like contour and blush. I'm like, where does it go again? Cause I always look puffy when I do it myself. I'm like, I don't, I'm like making myself have big cheeks or something or a wide nose. I'm like, how do I, what do I do? I'm also just learning to drink. 
Like I'm 46 years old and I'm just learning to drink. I'm like, I, I'm like, you know what I think I like? A French 75, but let me try an old fashioned. What's a hot toddy taste like? Like during COVID, it was, we did this thing called our Corona crawl. We lived on the top of a mountain and had some friends that would bring over a different drink every night. And it's the first time I was like, mojito, margarita. Like I'm trying all these things and I'm like, all right, I think I like this, this, and this. And I'm like, I feel like I'm just coming into my own. Like, I feel like I should have learned this at 22, right? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. How do you, I, I get that completely. And then, because we were talking about this before, do you remember the first time one of your boys took their shoes off in the car and you're like, holy shit. Like you know I what's funny. I used to My have rules. I, I used to have rules that none of them could take yeah. their shoes off in the car. It's, I mean, the thing is my first two were not that smelly. They actually really value hygiene and we're really good about it. <laughs> My youngest who's 10 now has the stinkiest. We're like, he takes his shoes off. Even if he's in the third row and we're all like, Oh Lord, put your shoes back on. What are you doing? Like it's yeah, it's brutal. But then again, my sister, I won't tell you which one, but one of my sisters, when she was little, we used to have to leave her shoes outside. We're like, what is growing in your shoes? Like, <laughs> so I guess it's not just a boy thing, I guess, but yeah, there, I mean, it's funny. Cause I have my oldest one wants nothing to do. If it, if at breakfast, anyone mentions poop or fart, he is out. He's like, stop it. That's disgusting. And he leaves. But then the little one is like the one that's like, all the time, you know, <laughs> so they're just three kids raised by the same people came from the same place. Like, and they're so different. Do your sons ever get embarrassed when you get recognized? Cooper, poor Cooper had grandma and me and literally to he he's 22 and he's just stopped cringing. <laughs> um, you know, they went through that fate, like each of them. I saw it with my sisters too, because all my sisters are younger. I'm the oldest. So um, I watched it, especially with my younger sisters that are now in their twenties, but, um, they reach a point where they start to understand it. Right. Where they're like, why do people want pictures with you? And then they're like, oh, oh. And then you start telling them and show them TV a little bit. None of them wanted to watch it for me. But then, um, <laughs> then there's the moment they start using it for like, you know, they'll be in second grade and like gotten a bad test. Right? But my mom is on that show, Sabrina. So she wants me to have an A on this test. So don't you, you know, and I'll get a call home. Like your child's trying to use you as a pawn to get a better grade and stuff. So there's that moment when they start to use you. And then there's the moment when it gets cringy, right? Like they're just now starting to be like, well, th- it's weird. Cause they'll, of course they'll use it when it's take, when it's, when it's to their advantage. Of course. Something like, hey, mom, introduce me to Jelly Roll at the Titans game and the influencer suite or, you know, but then it's like the other times when they're like, nobody cares that you're on TV. Shut up. You know, so I'm like, they're like, oh, nobody cares that you, you know, you're always on Instagram. Like, well, it's part of my job, dude. Like, I'm not just like, you know, posting stuff for, you know, I'm, I'm actually trying to stay relevant and interesting. And like, I use it more as a scrapbook, actually, but and they get annoyed with that. Now they have to. I don't know if he's like this or if he went through this phase, but. They have to approve. There has to be total approval. God. By the way, we still go through it. (laughs) Mom, Every picture I take now, it just started. And they're like, remember, do not post. I need approval. Oh, yeah. And they're like, this is the only picture I have from Christmas. And they're like, 
no, that one's not good enough. I'm like, it's the only one I have, dude. Because and I look good in it. So can I please post it? Yeah. Oh, well, with Cooper, it's always like his friends are like, they'll make fun of me. And I'm always like, why are your friends following me? Yeah. Yeah. That's like, a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. And feel free to use that. But it had to be, I think I will. Yeah. But you brought up, I was just thinking about this. You brought up the cover of Maxim. It had to be a little bit weird when you went, you know, when, especially when the boys were little and you'd go to school and, you know, they'd always be like, or for you, I was thinking, be so embarrassing, like, oh God, these dads think I'm hot. Like that had to be a balance. You know what I, I know. mean? Yeah, it's, it is funny. Well, luckily I have to say being the oldest of eight, I feel like I had a really good sense of responsibility towards them, towards my siblings um, to, you know, be careful about what they saw. And especially for my brother with that case, like when Maxim came out, I remember my brother and my father saying to me, you know, this is embarrassing. Like I'm at school and my friends are asking me about it. Or my dad being like, I'm at work and my friends are bringing it in. And I'm like, Ooh. and at the same time, I think I was asked to do playboy. And I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna, I was, I was all about it. I was like, yeah, sure. I'm proud of my body. Let's, let's do this. You know? Yeah. I'll take some pictures. I'm not, you know, it's a beautiful thing. Like women's bodies are gorgeous. And then all of a sudden that happened. And I was like, Ooh, I'm not going to do that. And then I, and of course, thinking about my siblings, but also knowing someday I would have kids and that they would see that. So, and I have to say my 10 year old just started searching stuff on, on his iPad. And he asked me, I think it was yesterday. He's like, why are there so many videos about you, mom on YouTube? And I was like, why are you watching those? He's like, I don't know. They're everywhere. And there's so many of you. And I was like, Oh, you got to watch what you watch, buddy. Cause some of them aren't true. Sometimes they take my head off and put it on someone else's body. And there's things that aren't true in there. And you gotta, I'd really prefer you not watch some like desperately trying to figure out how to delete YouTube from everything. <laughs> but you say the playboy thing. It's so funny. Cause I went through the same thing and I remember saying, I, I never want Cooper's friends or fraternity brothers to be able to Google something yeah. and be able to say, dude, I saw your mom's tits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it happened to me when you know, my friend's husbands are like, I still have your Maxim magazine. I'm like, oh, great. Fabulous. But <laughs> so, okay. Wheel of Fortune. Now, I am a Jeopardy fanatic. And in the are privacy, you? oh my God. So, in the privacy of my own home, I'm telling you, I could break Ken Jennings' record. I just wow. know it. But I know if I got on set, I'd be the person saying the buzzer isn't working. The buzzer, the buzzer doesn't. The buzzer's really hard. I actually figured out the buzzer. I think it's because I had good timing from like dance lessons as a kid. But I was playing it with Fred Savage, and he was just like, and he's brilliant, and he couldn't. He's like hitting at the wrong. I'm like, dude, you're hit. I shouldn't have told him, but I was like, you got to wait for one, two, three, then go. Not one, two, three. Like one, two, three, go or whatever, right? And so then he ends up winning the whole game, and I was like, damn it, okay, I shouldn't have told. Him. But Wheel of Fortune, were you were you a Wheel of Fortune addict? Did you love, mm -hmm. were you always good at it? My mom, no, I'm actually terrible. Then how the fuck shows. did you win a million dollars? I don't know. I think back through it all the time, Liz. I'm telling you, I like have to, I, I had to put myself in like, did I cheat? Did someone else cheat? Like I had to go through all these things of like, how did that happen? Especially because I don't know if you saw the episode, but Lacey Chabert is a massive Wheel of Fortune. She watches it every night with her daughter. She watched it every night with her mom when she was growing up. Like, she loves Wheel of Fortune. I hate words. I'm I'm a numbers girl. I'll play Sudoku. I'll beat anyone in Sudoku. Or I'd like to think so. But um, but you know, here I am playing all these game shows. And even when I was on Nickelodeon and I played those game shows, I lost terribly. I'm not good under pressure in those ways. 
And especially like, you know, when, when the adrenaline starts flowing, I can't focus. And so I had, I swear I've played Wheel of Fortune before, although they couldn't find my episode, but I remembered the wheel. I remember how heavy it was. I remember like getting lost in the whole thing, but then, um, Jeopardy totally like blanked, couldn't figure out the process of it all. But with Wheel of Fortune, what I did was I started playing the app to get better about it. And I'd actually won Family Feud a few years before I won Family Feud with my family. By the way, we did too. And I made them I all loved pra- it. I made them all practice online. <laughs> exactly. we, practiced, we practiced online and we'd send each other like we'd all be playing the app and like send each other like, oh, hey, here's an interesting way to think about this. Like when they ask this, think about this or, you know, like giving each other like little devices to use. So I tried to do the same thing with Wheel of Fortune. I was like, look, I'm going to get some money for my charity anyway, even if I lose terribly. So I was like, no pressure. But I started getting good at the app. I started being understanding when it says places that it could be bus stop. It might not be like Lima, Peru, or, you know, it might be like, so I was starting to figure out, like, if it says a person, it could be police officer, not just like Michael Jackson, you know? So I was, I was kind of breaking the code a little bit, but then I got there and Lacey is a massive fan and I blew through the practice round that you don't even see on TV. Like I was able to, I was really clear on that one. And then when the game started, I just like went blank. And Lacey's like nailing it. We got, she got like one letter and solved the whole, she solved lights, camera, action immediately. And I mean, their explanation points were there. So it should have been a little bit obvious, but she got one letter up there and she just, all I was thinking about was what's the next letter. And she's already solved it. And I was like, damn, all right. But then somehow, because I won the last one, it was the most points. And so I got the most points because I won the, the third board. She had won the first and second. I won the third one, but that beat her first and second, which took me to the final round. And I happened to have landed on the million. Like, there's no way I kept thinking about it. Could they have made it so that I win or something like that? But I mean, I had to win. The, I had to land on the million. I had to solve that board. And then I got to pick the the final, not pick the word, but pick the the category. So I picked food. So I don't think there was any way for them to. And then I had to pick the letters that went into that. And I it's only because I chose a letter from my name. I chose M which is not a letter I ever use that it said muffin. It was brand muffin was the final thing. And because that M was there, I could see muffin in my head. And I was like, Oh, if I hadn't like last minute decided to use a letter from my name, my initial, I wouldn't have gotten it. So it was, it was really fun. It was so exciting. Um, It was uh, Vanna White's face was like, I was like, oh my God, this is a big deal because Vanna's freaking out. <laughs> and then I turned around and Lacey's freaking out. And she's like, do you understand that this doesn't happen? And I was like, really? Really? So then I felt bad. It's like, it should have been Lacey. And I, I just, you know, but we got to play another round and Lacey won the next one. So, but I, it's, that's a, but it's exactly how you feel. You're like, you go blank. <laughs> you're totally blank. And you only get, it seems like when you're watching it at home, it's a long game. It is not. It goes by like, I mean, it's like, two and a half minutes or something and you're like done with the puzzle solved and you're like what just happened yeah uh you as we were talking in the beginning you're now a podcast host you do your show is called what women binge so what do women binge oh gosh right everything but it came about because during covid lockdown my friends and i were all texting each other you know i've run out of tv shows to watch i need a new book to read do you have a podcast for when i go on long walks like and one, one friend was like, I'll start a spreadsheet. And I was like, I'll start an Instagram page so we can share this with other people. You know, my fans can hopefully come in and see, you know, what I'm watching, what this one's watching, like just get reviews kind of thing. And like felt a little Roger Ebert, right? Actually, it felt a little like, I, I kind of wanted it to be a little like um, fashion police for TV shows, right? <laughs> like, 
I was like, let's just start reviewing some things and talking about these things because I'm going on set and like Annie Potts is telling me to watch the great and Jason Alexander's telling me to watch this and that. And like, I was like, well, let's hear about, you know, if we have Rita Moreno on, I don't want to just hear about the movie that I just directed with her. I, I want to hear about what she loves. What does she love? What does she read? What genre? Does she like true crime or is she like a housewives woman or is she all strictly documentaries or, you know, so we've had all these great guests and we just started our season five and we've decided to just have a few guests, but we're really just doing it. Just me and my co-host, Amanda, who's a good friend of mine. And we're just having fun conversation about TV shows, books, podcasts, and hot topics. Like right now we've been talking a lot about Harry and his book, of course, and Nepo babies and like all the, you know, hit kind of hitting a few topics here and there, but really just having some fun, like conversation and, um, and reviewing some things that we get really into. She's a huge reader. I'm in television and I like, I'll watch these things. Like I like darker kind of shows and she likes light fluffy stuff. So, um, so it's a good, like yin and yang on the show. We just have a good time and, um, it's been really fun. I, I really enjoy it. Well, I have enjoyed catching up with you so much. I, we have so much more in common than our names, which is hilarious. <laughs> I feel like you're the blonde version of me. You know what I mean? I, I agree. I agree. We got to get to do this more often. We do. Melissa, thank you so much. Thank you. Ahura Media Production.